the Spanish announce table. Okay. Tom, episode 295 of the Spanish announce table. What do you think? I like how you started every word very punctual and emphatic. That was for effect, Tom. Good job, Tim. I liked it. Thanks, Tom. Hey, man. Right. How are you? What's new? I'm I'm well. I'm well. No, nothing's new, Tom. That's the everything's new and nothing's new in the world we live in, right? Hmm. How profound. I like that. No, that means nothing. I don't even know what it means. Just filler. Nothing's really new, man. Just, just doing the same thing I did last week, man. Trying to get some stuff done around the house. Trying to work. And, you know, trying to stay safe is kind of the name of the game these days. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Um, well, I'm sad that, you know, you didn't get to do too much. Uh, I, speaking of staying safe, I prepared for the end this week. Uh, I officially got my will done because that's what you do when you get married. Cause once you put the ring on your life's over. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, so, uh, me and the wife, uh, cause I've already gotten to that point. Cause fun fact uh, if you are married or if you're even in a relationship, uh, time doubles during a pandemic. So I've been married uh, for six months, but in pandemic times, uh, I've been married a year. So I've already reached the status of calling her the wife. You, you know, if if we go back through the, uh, the, the canon here of the Spanish announce table, you've said many a times that like before you uh, marry up to someone. That you ought to like see them go through some of the worst things, right? Like you were like, see how these people drive in the snow? Yeah. Like, how how are do they th- react when the internet goes bad? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did not. I think ex- were your exact were your exact analogies even right? And it, it prepared me because I went through those trials and tribulations uh, with Emily. It prepared us for this moment. Uh, so we are we are set in our ways. We are doing well, uh, but. We did prepare for the end. So we did get our wills notarized. Uh, I signed off on end of life procedures, uh, initialed and, you know, said, okay, on certain other things in the will. So I am set for when, uh, I take my last breath, a little morbid way to start off Spanish announce table, but Mm -hmm. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I did. Do I, uh, do I get, uh, do I get your wrestling toys? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get my okay. yeah, you get my wrestling toys, uh, action figures. Damn it! Now I got to take you out of the will. Action figures. I got to take you out of the will, Tim. See how quick that happened? You called it toys. Oh, I didn't even catch you until I said it out my said it out loud myself. You're out. And just it felt wrong too, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, I think I'm gonna donate. Uh, I'll have to check. I think I did this. I'm donating my WWE. Uh, network subscription to the Spanish announce table. So yeah, you can do with it what what you want. Uh, okay. You know, I don't want to do much with it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe more on that later. Yeah, maybe you do. Um, 
So yeah, we did the will. That was uh, fascinating. And then, you know, as you get older, you, your interests change, right? So like as a kid, at least I'm going to speak for myself and maybe this applies to you or the listener. But when I was a kid, you know, the fast uh, things and activities attracted me in life, right? So I wanted to drive fast cars or I wanted to play football and get physical or, you know, I wanted to, in my case, I wanted to fist fight and feel adrenaline and get good at a skill, things like that, right? But now as I'm getting into my mid-30s, things are starting to transition and I had kind of a realization where uh, for the first time in my life, I haven't gone full old man, but I purchased my first golf video game. So, you know, I'm almost to looking at clubs, but I figured let's start with a video game first to where then I can, you know, see if there's any type of uh, settings that I can put where the, the golf ball goes 700 yards or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I, I took somewhat of an interest in golf this I, week. I don't, I, I, I will admit that I spent a lot of time in, um, GTA, uh, playing golf and, and tennis, uh, cause you can do that in the game. Uh, and that was really addicting. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, maybe not so old. Well, hopefully, but it felt old, right? Like I was looking at Titleist or something. I think Titleist is a company. Mm-hmm. I did, I did mm-hmm. recognize Under Armour, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll outfit my guy. It hasn't came out yet. I just pre-ordered it, but I was like, I'm going to outfit my guy in, in Under Armour or Nike, right? I'm not going to go full golf yet, uh, but I did have this little sense of like, man, I used to make fun of people for this, and now kind of turned it into it. And again, I'm not going full golf where I'm, you know, getting the 18 holes at Tiffany greens, uh, golf course or anything like that, but it's starting to seem interesting. And that kind of makes you die inside. Mm. I'm a loser. Uh, so Tom's going through some, uh, Tom's going through some, uh, uh, self deprecating, uh, depressive, uh, Moods. Well, and, um, and thank you to the Spanish Spanish announce table listening uh, audience for going through this with me, right? Because we have now documented in audio form uh, at one point in my life me chipping a tooth because I jumped from one table to another at a nightclub called Mosaic, and now I'm interested in golf. That's how quick life ha- or that's how quick life will happen to you. And, and now it is documented for the Spanish announce table uh, nation, I guess we're calling them. Uh, and, and so there you go. You have seen the fast track of a man slowly aging and dying inside. Tom, I think you gave them a new name. They're the Table Nation. Table Nation. Woo-woo. Yeah. Table Nation. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Hashtag Table Nation. Table Nation. Um, so, yeah, man, that's what I was up to. Uh, like I said, doing old things, taking an interest in golf, taking uh, uh, the right steps to certify the end of life. <laughs> and so... <laughs> really like well i'm slowly gonna die anyway exactly right one thing just leads into the next yeah might as well just uh hey man well welcome to the club we too have a our whole stuff uh all set up we've got a uh 
a trust set up with the you know with the estate out here and the will and oh and, uh, yeah you know? yeah so there you go that is um, you're not getting my action figures either so well see I should because I would call them action figures not toys Tim mm-hmm. what about the podcast equipment do I still get that well yeah who else is going to use it yeah, well yeah who else is going <laughs> to do nothing with it mm-hmm. <laughs> right. yeah who else yeah, is going to so, use this right. expensive paperweight that I'm recording mm-hmm. on. No, so anyway. Well, we're talking to the Table Nation with it. Yes. Um, so, Tom, uh, let's before we get into the fun that we have here, and we do have a lot of fun here, um, despite you know you being against it this evening, as it seems. Um, no fun. <laughs> um, no fun. Um, let's address something not so fun. Um, WWE legend is was he Hall of Famer? I don't believe so. Sure. I don't think he went into the Hall so. of Fame. Um, yeah, but WWE legend, uh, James Harris, known as Kamala, the Ugandan giant, uh, died this week at the age of 70 of COVID-19. Um, and albeit, um, he was, uh, it's been well known for several years that he's had uh, many health issues. So he was already on, um, uh, you know, we don't, I don't want to give it on to you. You can look that up if you want. I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. play doctor here and tell anybody, but, um, I am reading off the New York times that, you know, COVID is what sent him over. Yeah, so that's um, bad news, but um, Kamala, man, what comes to mind when you think of Kamala? Smacking that belly, right? I mean, like that is the the yeah. signature move. I don't honestly remember, or I couldn't. I, if you were to say, uh, you know, a thousand dollar wager, what was Kamala's finisher? I think it was the splash, but I wouldn't be confident. But the thing that I know about Kamala is he smacked his belly, right? Like he was scary. He had the face paint. Uh, as I became more of an educated wrestling fan, I kind of understood the gimmick a little bit better. Uh, it was actually Jerry Lawler while uh, Kamala, before he was known as Kamala, uh, was in WWE in the Memphis territory. It was Jerry Lawler who actually came up with the gimmick. Uh, James Harris uh, you know, fulfilled that gimmick and then just took it to new heights. I mean, like I just mentioned, the the... The face paint, the pain on the the chest and then the stomach, uh, his handler who, you know, rarely talked. Uh, it was just it was just a the, the 1980s scary oh, villain, man. you know, like uh, he did it really well because he would also show you really good um, uh, depth to the character. Right. So fast forward to when he has his uh, feud with Undertaker. Right. Like then he turns into this cowardly, uh, don't want to mess with the dead man and all of that. So it wasn't just this one note scary guy where all I do is scare. Like he could do different yeah. facets of this oh, character. Yeah. So yeah, I so thought it was great. I, and I'm a little older than you. Um, and I do remember some of the, I remember more of Kamala probably watching him than, than you do. And yeah, I, I do remember that very specifically. Like there were times where, uh, you could sense when he was scared and when you could sense when he, you know what I mean? thought he had the upper hand and stuff like that. So he wasn't just, like you said, just a Festus, uh, if we can draw right. something maybe you know, yeah. obscure, but yeah. uh, right. So, it, it, you know, the other thing that comes to my mind uh, on top of that character from the 1980s rolling into the early 90s, uh, unfortunately, was he did an interview on one of my favorite uh, radio shows. It's on ESPN Radio. It's called Dan Lebitard, uh with Stu Gatz. And Kamala uh, did an interview. I think it was probably about a year ago this time, maybe even a year and a half, somewhere in there. Uh, and it was just so tragic. He just talked about 
the the pain that he lived in. Uh, I believe he had mentioned in the interview that you know he lost a foot. I I believe from diabetes or or some other type of you know ailment. That's right. Yeah. And it was it was just so depressing to hear him essentially say like I'm just waiting to die. Like I obviously enjoy friends and family things of that nature, but like I'm ready. So when I read the news that he had passed away, obviously it's very sad. And you know, COVID is a uh, is a real threat to society. Um, and it was very tragic that that's how he went from a preventable disease. But it was also, uh, I don't know, I had this weird sense of like, I hope he found his relief. You know, like now he doesn't have to tomorrow go through the pain of a bad back or a horrible knee or, you know, in his case, uh, an amputated limb. Um, so uh, although it was very sad, I, I was a little bit as odd as this sounds like happy that he doesn't have to suffer anymore. And so that was at least the the takeaway that I'm going to go on with from from that story. Well, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it always sucks to hear when somebody passes, especially one that entertained us. And uh, I mean, there's nothing much else to say, I guess. So we can uh, back that out. If anybody has anything they want to add, use hashtag tweet the table. Uh, you out there in the uh, table nation, as it were, uh, you know, share your thoughts on Kamala and we might read them on the next uh, episode. Um, Tom, what else is new in pro wrestling? Well, as I mentioned, I'm giving you uh, the Table Nation and Tim yourself uh, my WWE Network when I uh, inevitably pass away. Uh, And uh, the WWE Network is getting a little bit of an enhancement. Starting August 15th, you're going to get Evolve, ICW, Progress, and WXW coming to the WWE Network. So... Uh, if you do not recognize those names, those are all uh, indie wrestling promotions uh, and their library featuring people like Matt Riddle, Ricochet, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, um, Drew McIntyre, even after he got fired from WWE and kind of hit the independent circuit um, and other names too, right? Walter. Well, I think, yeah, I think ICW was like where he kind of made his name before he came to WWE and he went back there and kind of like was like, you know what? Yeah, like this. I'm gonna show him. Right. Yeah. Well, I actually uh, funny that you draw in on uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, you are right. I, I believe it was ICW where he kind of made his name alongside. I believe Sheamus was also in that promotion. Maybe not at the same time, but they were both uh, in that promotion. Uh, and then Drew McIntyre goes to WWE, then you know comes back to uh, the independent circuit. I became familiar with Evolve because of Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre had some matches with Johnny Gargano, I believe it was, uh, in that promotion. And that's how I got exposed to Evolve because I recognized the Drew McIntyre name. And then I just did a deep dive on, uh, you know, other guys like Johnny Gargano uh, in that Evolve promotion. And, you know, Evolve to me has a special place in my heart because that's where I spent my bachelor party, right? Like I spent time with Anthony. A uh, good friend of the show, Shark Bake Terrace, um, uh, and spent you know one night in Detroit and one night in Chicago, going to two different uh, Evolve shows. So I'm excited to see that on the network to see you know where I was uh, during my bachelor party. So now it's on the network. I think that's cool. Uh, and also, as I just mentioned, Shark Bait is going to be on the WWE Network. I think that's cool, right? My best yes. friend is now. Dude. 
uh, on a short list of so people. Amazing. Yeah, and he's now on a short list of people who can legitimately say they're featured on WWE Network and UFC Fight Pass. It's like Brock Lesnar, Matt Riddle, and Sharkbait. You know, like oh, I guess CM Dude's Punk too. A bona fide celebrity man. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I'm also excited that. Um, obviously, you know, we can now round out more careers such as Ricochet to, you know, see that he's more than just the tag guy with Cedric Alexander and a bad backstage promo. Like he actually does real good work. Um, but I'm also excited to see people that, or I'm, I'm excited for people who may have not seen guys like a JD Drake or an Austin theory or, um, you know, uh, an AR Fox to get to see their career too, right? Maybe this can help some of those indie people who were right on the cusp, get a new booking at a different promotion an AEW, uh, uh, an impact wrestling, you know? So, uh, I'm really excited to check out all the vintage library stuff, but I'm also excited to see what was just at the end. And who are those people that I should be looking out for as we move, you know, through 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm, I'm, it's going to be good for WWE and the network. It'll be good for these promotions. The indie scene. I mean, I don't know. Again, now what do we call the indie scene, right? Like what are they independent necessarily anymore? So I don't, you know, hell WWE owns evolve, you know? Right. And, and, and we'll see now, you know, it feels, it feels like WWE has now, kind of been the trailblazer on a model that works for a big time wrestling promotion, right? So a big time wrestling promotion obviously needs a network television deal. As we move through, you know, this advancement in technology, it seems like they're going to need their own streaming service. Uh, and now the next third step might be, and then you also need an independent promotion, right? So we need, uh, you know, your mainstay WWE, but we also now need uh, evolve or progress or whatever that is. So now you know, 2022, 2023, we might see AEW be the, you know, show on TNT, their own streaming service. And who knows, like you said, another independent promotion pops up and is now their feeder uh, promotion that gets you to the big shot on TNT and AEW. So, um, so much wrestling right now. It is. Uh, but I watched impact this week. You have, okay. We got to get into that then let's, uh, wrap up <laughs> our, our thought on this and then roll right into that. um, there is, you, you had mentioned there is a lot of wrestling. There is, but you know what? Like, there might not be, you know, you know, there's still no crowds allowed at, uh, mass gatherings, at least in, in the United States. And that's kind of the number one market in the world for pro wrestling. Um, I, I still don't know how England and the rest of Europe is handling, you know, reemerging back to a new normal. But, uh, so maybe there isn't independent wrestling next year or the year after. Cause yeah, we, we just don't know. So, um, it's going to be very interesting. Well, the whole, you know, the whole world might crumble too. So who knows? Who knows? That's why you should get your hey, will. Hey, ready. Listen, listen to me. We are what? 90 plus days away from a big time election here in the United States. Things are going to get real weird around this mm-hmm. <laughs> world for, for it's going to get real weird, real fast. It's, it might get, you know, Kind of, kind of bad. So who knows, man? Who knows what's going to happen at all? And that's going to filter down to the pro wrestling industry. Exactly. Hey, so let's get into right before we go into our deep dive of AEW Dynamite. You watched Impact Wrestling. 
Uh, give me your thoughts. I, again, I don't have access to that channel, so I don't get to watch it. Uh, I do watch some clips here and there on YouTube, but give me your rundown, uh, your high-level view. I don't, I don't have that impact. channel either, but um, uh, sometimes, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, and you can find, uh, uh, you know, a way to watch it. Um, so, uh, Willie Mack uh, took on Eric Young, and Eric Young is old as, as all hell right now man um it was a major takeaway i took from that they've got this thing going on over there at impact called wrestle house is it like raw underground say what is it like raw underground it is not it's more like legends house okay with like a bunch of their current wrestlers and and tommy dreamers like the host and so it's kind of like a reality TV show, but like, I think it gets them a way to do some content without, you know what I mean? Having fans and wrestling and like they'll wrestle in the backyard in a ring kind of a thing, you know? Um, but it's all really weird. It's got like, you know, um, crazy Steve and, and a whole bunch of people. I don't really know. Uh, Tyra Valkyrie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then just some other people. I don't know their names yet. Right. I'm still watching. Right. But that's a real weird thing going on. I don't know. Um, what else? I'm looking through the list here, trying to remind myself. Um, but da, da, da. I, I, you know what? It's just, it's weird. If I could say that, right. It's weird. I, I kind of watch it. I'm like, I don't, it's not anything that I'm like this. I hate it. And I'm just like, this is weird. Yeah. I mean, every time I watch it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that they're really suffering from zero people in the audience. That's my takeaway. Every time I see uh, one of their YouTube clips, I'm just like, it needs some energy, right? Like Eddie Edwards yelling at, um, you know, uh, Brian Myers uh, just doesn't have anything when they don't really know what to say. And then there's no ambient noise behind them. So it just seems weird that why are you yelling? Go out there and punch him, you know, do something. Uh, I, I don't like him at all, Eddie Edwards. Yeah, I, I, the American Wolves kind of as a whole for me, I, I've never been a big fan of either guy. Obviously, we've heard off air some stories about his former tag team partner not being the, the greatest of uh, people to be around. Human. Uh, yeah, so uh, that didn't endear me to either one of them. And then, yeah, him as the champ, because he is the champion, correct? I think so. They've got like two. They've got. Because like Moose is saying he's the uncrowned champ. Is that what it is? And then Eddie's saying he is a champ. I don't know. Man, I just. (sighs) Eddie Edwards is not like he's he's the epitome of um, Roderick Strong to me. Right. Where I'm like, okay, you get him in the ring. I'm like, okay, all right. Right. Guy does a a solid match. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, tell a good story. You're like, okay, that was that was interesting. But uh, get him a microphone. I'm like, this guy is. I don't. I don't want to hear this guy. Yeah. Uh, what's a uh, What's a uh, Ken Shamrock doing? Did you see him on this week's uh, Impact? I th- no, no, they uh, no. There was nothing there about that. I finished uh, his uh, biography that was written by Jonathan Snowden. Uh, I'm featured in there, by the way. Just shameless plug. Uh, but I finally what? finished that book. You're f- featured in the book well i'm not featured my name is in it i was a contributor to help make the book a a a process like he he did Uh, essentially like a GoFundMe, except it was through a different promote or different you know avenue or company uh and i was one of the people so i'm like on the last page whatevs like if he mentioned the podcast oh that'd be fun right that would be fun no but i finished the uh the ken shamrock book uh and at the end he talks about how he signed with impact wrestling uh if you flash 
back even farther in Impact's history, uh, you will recall that Ken Shamrock was the first ever heavyweight champion for TNA at the time. Yeah, and I didn't start watching until they were like fully on Spike TV, like the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Now I'd heard of them and kind of knew and seen maybe a clip or two. You know, that was early internet days, right? So, um, <clears throat> not really early internet days, but it, there definitely wasn't YouTube and things like that at the time as much right. as, as they are today. You know. Well, if you um, if, if but, you if you see a Ken Shamrock segment, bring it up. I'd like to I'd like to see it because. Uh, I know his body is not treating him well, as he would say in his own book. Yeah, uh, he so, looks haggard. Yeah, yeah, well, he looks ripped, but he looks like 107 in his face. That's the thing. He has like the body of a 30 year old uh, athlete, but then well, that's like what a I, face dude, of a hundred. That's what old. I felt about Eric Young watching him. I was like, God! As soon as like they zoom in on his face, I was like, Whoa! I was like, Why is this 80 year old man out here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wrestling? But then you look at his body, and you're like, That guy kicked the shit out of me. Well, let's talk about another. Hey, here's, uh, a, here's, go here's a fun fact today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I had to tell, well, I didn't have to, but I told my wife and my family this. I was like, you know, I walk into UPS because I was returning something, um, you know, like, and so I was dropping off with the return label, you know, and um, guy in front of me is not wearing a mask. And I was like, Jesus, man, like, really? Like, there's a mask order here, right? Everybody's supposed to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, this guy. I was like, this guy really. And, and you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm boastful you know what i mean i'm, I'm loud right I, and, I, and yes. I say what's on my mind and uh so I, I look at this guy and he looks like he could kick the shit out of me um so so i didn't say anything why why uh, not what's uh, the, yeah <laughs> um, say something no, you know what i mean uh uh well he was you know he was talking to the people then and then he kind of fucking you know i mean he turned around and left you know what i mean so yeah yeah you know what i mean oh as as, always as say they something were done, he left yeah but, Always say something, Tim. Fuck him, right? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to have a headache for two days? Fuck that guy. Like, you're going to be fine. True that. True that, you know? Fuck him. But yeah, um, yeah, you know? So there was that. You know, I was like, ah, fucking mask guy. Uh, and then I was like, oh, that's that's pretty fucking big, solid mask. Uh, no mask guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that'll happen. That will definitely happen. Yeah. Hey, but you were mentioning yeah. about uh, aging wonders uh, in the main event picture of a pro wrestling uh, show. Let's talk about another one. Uh, as this week's AEW Dynamite was main evented by uh, Chris Jericho, who did not have a good match uh, versus Orange Cassidy. Um, but you want to do a quick deep dive of the uh, AEW Dynamite for August twelfth? Indeed, I do. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, AEW Dynamite started off with a tag team match as it was tag team appreciation night. Remember that it was tag team appreciation night and it kicked off with a bang, uh, having the tag team champs or excuse me, it had the dark order taking on, uh, the tag team of AEW, uh, the young bucks, uh, the young bucks pick up the victory. Uh, what did you think of this match? Yeah, it's a young bucks match, you know? I like the Dark Order, though. Well, I like the Dark Order, too. The thing that I didn't like about the match, and it's my only criticism because I really thought it was well-constructed and told a really good story. You know, it started off hot with the Dark Order jumping jumping the the Young Bucks before the match even started. Then that spills into the ring. Then we get a more traditional, you know, tag-in, tag-out type of match. But for all of the antics that that the Dark Order did, for the Young Bucks to still pick up the victory felt a little hollow, right? Like if, if you're the spirit squad 
and you do the antics of, you know, blocking off the entrance ramp because the other tag partner is stuck behind there. And then, you know, some of the other underhanded tactics and you lose. Well, yeah, you're the spirit squad. Like who the fuck cares, right? You're kind of a comedy jesters, right? Yeah. You're the comedy act in this promotion, but, and this is where the dark order I feel kind of gets lost is, you know, Sometimes they are, like you said, the gestures in a match where the young bucks, even though 15 things were thrown in front of them, they still laugh off uh, a a victory via roll up and then walk off and they're cool. But then in the same show, uh, Brody Lee is supposed to be this ominous figure who's going to take over AEW and take the TNT championship away from Cody. And it's like, I don't know. Are you? Because your, your group is kind of a bunch of goofs. And so, uh, like I said, even though the match was really done well, I felt like with the in-ring action for all of those antics that the Dark Order pulled, I think they should have got the victory to show that they are a legitimate threat to others in the business or in the company is what I'm meant to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So again, that, it, yeah. it was a good match. The young bucks are, you know, who they are. We'll see them uh, in a little bit later as we continue to break down the, the show. But uh, yeah, I just wish if you're going to have the Dark Order be dark and in order, they can't be just ha-ha, yucky-to-yuck, getting roll-uped on uh, and losing matches. That's that's just my opinion. All right, so we move on. and yeah. Go ahead. Dark, but not like sinister and, and like effective uh, is just goth. Right. And, and I understand Brody Lee takes, you know, the outcast of society. And if you're an outcast of society, typically you, you have two left feet or, you know, something didn't right. work out yeah. right for you. And I, I get that to a certain extent, but Brody Lee is supposed to be that healing figure for these outcasts to make them the best version uh, that they to can guide be. them to victory. Right. And obviously an evil version of that. Right. So you don't want to be in the dark order. Maybe you do. Um, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Brody Lee should have uh, instructed them better on their antics and maybe they pay for it next week and we'll see a different side of Brody Lee you know, taking out his wrath on his uh, minions. But yeah, just for yeah, maybe me, he rips the mask off of evil. Uno. And we see who the hell that is. Yeah, man. And God, doesn't he look like uh, just a loaf of bread when he walks into the ring? <laughs> Gee, many Christmas. He just has the figure of just, melting ice cream. I just don't know what to ever think of evil. Uno. I just, I don't get it. You know? Yeah. Just, he is something. Yeah. I'm glad they pivoted away from him being like the, the leader of the dark order because I was like, eh, yeah, that fat guy. No way. Yeah. That guy can't even catch me. If I ran away from him, like he'll be gassed in (laughs) 300 meters. Anyhow, anyhow, let's move on. So next we got MJF and his second address hashtag uh, MJF 2020 hashtag not my champion. Uh, He, you know, again, directs his verbal jabs towards John Moxley. The segment ends with John Moxley fooling, uh, I guess, the MJF cabinet. Uh, MJF, to his credit, thought that. John Moxley would be coming from the crowd. So he sends all of his guys out there. John Moxley pulls a fast one, actually comes through the entrance, uh, makes his way into the ring, uh, beats up MJF and then, you know, gets out of the ring and says, that's, you know, we're still not even, uh, there's still more to come next time we meet. So, uh, overall, I thought this was a good segment. What did you think? 
I love MJF. He's the best heel promo going right now for me, man. He's so fun. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, when he was like laying down on the mat, like he's just he's just so despicable, and it's great. Yeah, I really liked it, and I like that John Moxley uh, showed his you know uh, cleverness, right? Like he wasn't the well, I, it's a it's a square peg, and I'm a you know, or I'm a square peg, and that's a round hole, and we'll just make it work. It was no, I know what to do. There's a bunch of people in there. I'll make them think they're coming, you know, that I'm coming from the crowd, and I'll come from the entrance. Like I like that John Moxley wasn't just a dope that just ran through you know, the Wardlow and other guys in MJF. Yeah, he didn't just toss them aside. All right. Cold. Like he had to use his brain. He showed that he was more than very similar to what I said about Kamala. Not just this one note character where it's just, well, I'm the outcast. So the outcast just walks through everyone. It's like, well, we saw that was stone cold and he kind of called you a cosplayer last time. Uh, so maybe don't do that. And he didn't. So that was good to see. Um, this feels like the feud with MJF and John Moxley. This feels like we need to pull the trigger. Don't you think? I think this is when MJF needs to take over the reins. I think John Moxley did a really great job, but uh, for the current climate we're in uh, with the lack of fans, uh, MJF yeah. is the one that oh, I would. needs to be the guy. Yeah, I would. I, I would have him do it. And I mean, again, he's so despicable that you could have a couple, you know, folks that, you know, would be heroes. Right. Um, uh, try to save the day and get the title off him, right? Because uh, he could keep giving uh, state of the company addresses, right? Like he mm-hmm. could continue on, like he won the quote unquote, you know, uh, election, right? Uh, just you know, then make it like he's this evil leader. Gee, I wonder where we, you know you might get that idea from. Um, you know, just run with it. I would, yes, I would absolutely put it on him. Yeah, and he can also do the whole rich kid. Uh, gimmick where he hides behind Wardlow and Wardlow just takes care of all of these guys, Dude, you know, pre and post match. Go full Secret Service, like you know what I mean. <laughs> he could do, like he could like like you know doing the hashtag not my champion, and then he could be like the hashtag I'm your champion now or something. You know what I mean? Like and then just like act like he won the election, right? And and have Wardlow as a Secret Service. He could have a whole fleet of them every time protect him from like it, this could be you know like I would I would definitely have him. Just, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do that, though. I, I don't get the feeling that they are. Yeah, I don't either. But I just think also with John Moxley, a lot of his character is based off crowd reaction, right? He does a crazy move where he comes in from a different part of the crowd or, you know, his matches with like Kenny Omega are so brutal. AEW is having more actual fans than anybody else. That's true. And, you know, they made note of that as the episode started and apparently they all got tested, which is great. You know, good to see that people are getting tested in the state of Florida because God knows they need it. Um, but yeah, but you understand what I'm saying? Like John Moxley, uh, needs a full crowd to play off of and, and be the best version of himself. Oh yeah. He's, he's the pit fighter, right? He needs the pit. Right. And MJF, you can put him in any cert, you know, in any uh, arena or any circumstance. And it feels like he's going to make the best of it. And, and with right now, even though AEW is slowly introducing fans, you can just give MJF a microphone you, and he's going to kill it. Or you, you can give him jungle MJF. boy. You could put MJF at Thanksgiving with you, Tom, and your mom would want to punch him. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. He, he can do, he can do the, 
get you to tune in because of what he'll say or do, but he can also give you the jungle boy match from uh, the last pay-per-view and say like, wow, that was a great match. Like there was no uh, bells and whistles before pre or post match. I mean, there was a promo, but you get what I'm saying. It was a very technical match to where I want to see more of that. So I just think MJF is the one who needs to take the ball while we're still figuring out the rest of 2020 and into 2021 with are we having fans? Are we not? Are we, what are we doing here? You know, we're the, the pro wrestling world is in neutral. And I think, uh, MJF is a better stabilizing force at the top of your card than John Moxley is right now. Well, yeah. And it gives somebody when somebody's on a hot streak, trying to win a title off a heel, it, you know what I mean? It gives it more of a, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it just gives it more of a, like anticipatory, Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel definitely. when when you're coming to those big moments, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, and so you can have a couple runs of those. Like, let them run with it through a couple of those folks and find a way to have, you know, like you said, Wardlow pull a fast one and, sorry, bro, back to the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then the next hero tries, right? Yeah. All right, the next match that we had was the TNT Championship. We saw Scorpio Sky challenge Cody. Uh, Cody retains his title. Uh, in a very, very fun match. Uh, this again, uh, AW does great at establishing top talents. And I do like that the championships have not gone into hot potato mode where it's just this person and this person and this person. Uh, however, as much as I like Cody and I like this open challenge because next week, you know, well, next week we know it's going to be Brody Lee, but I'm saying in the future, we don't, we don't know who's going to pop up, right? Is it another Eddie Kingston like person? Is it another, um, uh, Jack or Jake Hager, you know, so you just never know who's going to fill that spot. So I like that, but Scorpio sky, I think he's, you know, I've said this before. I think he's the man. I think TNT championship is the perfect spot for him right now to kind of establish himself as his own person and stop being the third wheel in what I think is uh SCU. I agree with that. He should get out of SCU. And I mean, maybe they kind of de facto done that, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have Brody Lee take the TNT title off of Cody. Um, and that's okay. You know, depending on what we're talking about, like if they go with MJF, maybe who knows? I don't know because I know Cody's not supposed to have a world title shot ever, but it's pro wrestling, right? So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How many times did Terry Funk retire? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Macho Man couldn't wrestle anymore either. At one right. Point, right. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. but I just thought that this would, you know, uh, sooner rather than later, I want someone to emerge uh, from this COVID era as a, as a bigger star than when we started, you know, MJF was a really great star uh, for the company pre coronavirus. But now I think he needs to take that next step. Scorpio sky was a really solid uh, wrestler, you know, pre coronavirus. I think he needs to take the step next step. So, so one of the, you know, not just those two people, but someone needs to have a defining moment during this era, instead of us treating this era as a holding pattern until we get fans back. So that's just my opinion. All right. So what happened next? All right, then we get the Jurassic Express versus the Tag Team Champs. This is, again, Tag Team Appreciation Night. Uh, It was a Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega taking on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack. Uh, The Tag Team Champs retain. 
you still get a little bit more of that Kenny Omega flirting with the heel turn, right? He beat up Marco Stunt, who had nothing to do with the match. Um, I, I like this match. This was this was pretty good. Uh, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I'm taking away the same things, right? They're kind of slow burning that. And, you know, anytime Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy are out there, I mean, that's, you know, we know they work well together and everything flows nice. And, um, I don't, you know what I mean? I, other than that, I, I took kind of that how I'm speaking about now. I was like, all right, this was all good, but I didn't take anything major away from it. I do like what you're, what you're saying. This, this slow realization that Hangman's coming to that he doesn't like these guys and just really doesn't want to be here. It's almost like he's going dead inside sometimes. He just kind of goes into a blank stare. Um, it's good. I like it. So what I liked about it was um, Hangman, and we'll get to it in a little bit, uh, as I just mentioned. Uh, but, you know, he, he's doing this thing, as as you said, where he doesn't really like um, uh, the, the elite. But now he's starting to see FTR isn't necessarily the BFFs that he wants either. And right. so this is where you hope that you're going to get... Like I've been saying since they kind of stopped the singles push is hangman Adam page becomes what I think they wanted John Moxley to be. I think the cowboy, you know, coming in on a, uh, on a horse, uh, to kick ass, like that's something that's stone cold esque, but it's more genuine from a hangman than John Moxley just kind of being shouldery and fun you know what i'm saying so he is maybe shouldery. this is where what is that yeah he's, he's shouldery i don't know he just does a lot of shoulder stuff so maybe that's where we see this really fun uh version of hangman adam page that's what emerges right it's not the ftr versus young bucks that we thought we wanted it's the singles push after all of this is done of hangman adam page so mm-hmm. yeah um all right let's get into what happened after that? And I just have the match list, but we might as well talk about it. It was the uh, tag team appreciation night. So they did have a segment where it was the rock and roll express, uh, the brain busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Uh, also joining them was uh, the young bucks, as I mentioned, and FTR. Now this ends with Tully Blanchard uh, giving everyone kind of the middle finger Sean Spears appears kind of out of nowhere. And then we get the official, it feels like heel turn from FTR and they spike pile drive. Uh, one of the members of the rock and roll express. Uh, this was kind of crazy. What did you think about this? Uh, interesting, right? Um, but it, the, the totally stuff came out of nowhere, right? That one kind of surprised me. And then I like Arn Anderson was like, well, He's like, you know, last I checked, I was a grown ass man. And, uh, you know, like, I don't recall having to ask you for anything. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. The rock and roll express was, uh, played their part really well. Right. Just very appreciative. Thank you so much for acknowledging what we've done. I even like that. Arn Anderson was like, man, is this a record? Like 40 years as a tag team or whatever the number he was it's like, I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Like you guys should be applauded for that. Uh, and I did like how both teams, although Tully kind of put a turd in the punch bowl, uh, both three of the four acknowledged how good uh, FTR and the Young Bucks are in, in today's current tag team division. But I, like you said, Tully Blanchard kind of gave everyone the, 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 the what haves it as far as what's going on in pro wrestling. Yeah. And I liked it because 
you know, if we are, that's, that's one of the most confusing things I think of the AEW tag team division. I've said it, you know, until I'm blue in the face that it's the best thing in pro wrestling. However, you got to stop telling me that the young bucks are the greatest when they're not the champs and they never been the champs and they lost when they had their tag team champion opportunity. Like you can't tell me this stuff and then they lose, right? Like they lost to the Lucha bros to lose. I think the triple a tag team championships, uh, on AEW television. Then they got that shot with Hangman and Kenny Omega. They lost that one too. So yeah, they just seem like the Buffalo Bills where it's like, cool, you got to the Super Bowl four years in a row, but guess what? You lost all four years. They are the Buffalo Bills. Right? Because like, I mean, that should be applauded too. The like, we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but in sports, if you make the championship game four consecutive years in a row, that's insane. But yeah. if you don't win any of those championship matches, you can't call yourself the greatest. Yeah, nope. And nope. in AEW, right? Like, I am an AEW fan. I don't know anything from what the Young Bucks did in Ring of Honor or New Japan, any of that stuff. I'm aware of it, right? I've been told the folklore and the the tall tales of how great they were in those promotions. But all I know is AEW. And as an AEW fan, their second fiddle to whoever the champs are, right? Whether that's SCU, whether that's uh hangman and um, Kenny Omega, like they're not the greatest. So stop telling me that. And that's yeah, what I love only, about the only times I've seen them on TV are AEW and impact wrestling when they were, whatever the hell they call themselves there. Generation me. Yeah. Yeah. Generation me. Oh, that name, which name was worse? Well, the young bucks, are, are, are good for a short period of time, right? Because when, when you're in the middle, like when you're the Rock and Roll Express and you still want to call yourself the Young Bucks, eh, not too young, you know? Right. It's like, a, it's like a, you know, young Jeezy. It's like, hey, Jeezy, you're middle-aged Jeezy now. You got to mm-hmm. cut that shit with the young mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but Generation Me just sounds like a 90s, it sounds like the villains in a after-school TV special. Yeah. Oh man, hey guys, Generation Me is gonna take over and win the championship. We gotta stop them. You know, like that's what that sounds like. So that's bullshit too. You know. God, they're so bad. Yeah. yeah. What's next? But anyhow, right. Well, I was gonna say, but going back to my point, Tully Blanchard kind of even to FTR's point too. Like now they can come in and say, like we all know WWE and we are the champs in WWE on both brands. So you can give a little bit more of like, guess who's coming to town? The big boys kind of, you know, outsiders esque, but not going too look deep at the, into look it. Look at the adjective. Right. Exactly. Uh, but you know, uh, they, they have, they have some, some, some legs to stand on, but as an AEW fan and all I'm aware of is AEW and WWE, the young bucks got to stop this. We're the best, or they got to start winning the t- tag team championships. So Tully was great. Uh, Arn Anderson. I also liked how he said, I see what's going on here. And he just hit the bricks. <laughs> he was yeah, just like, like Hey, I, 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 I see what uh, Sean Spears is walking down. I'm out. Well, to the young bucks, like you said, in the immortal words of Scott Hall, don't sing it, bring it, right? Right. What are yeah. They, and what so, are you guys doing? You know? Um, yeah. Is this going to tie in then somehow with Tully? Is he supposedly, like you said, running this new four horsemen that are going to emerge out of this? Is this somehow? Yeah. So, I mean, if I, yeah, this is the sprinklings of that. Yeah. I think this is uh, hang 
if I were to guess what they're going to do, not what I want to do, but what I would guess they're going to do, it's FTR, Sean Spears, Hangman, Tully is the 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 brain trust, the the JJ Dillon of this new iteration of a pseudo four horsemen. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And Who maybe knows? Cody joins in too, right? Cody's been and they can all hinted at a little bit too. Yeah. That'd be cool. Of, of a of a of a symbol from the nineteen nineties. Yeah. No, that no, it's not nineteen ninety. No, that's, it, that's it looks a, like it should it belongs on an energy drink can. Yes, it's a, it's definitely affliction Ed Hardy esque mm-hmm. to the max. Right. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. It looks like All right. It's got so now let's get in back it. into. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you ain't lying. So now let's get into uh, the main event of the night. We had the rubber match. Well, excuse me, not the rubber match because Orange Cassidy never won. So the next one would be the rubber match, but the revenge match for Orange Cassidy as he took on Chris Jericho. As I mentioned when we started the breakdown of this episode of Dynamite, Jericho, not his best outing. Definitely showed his age. The dragon screw knee uh, uh, spot that he took two different times that we fell the wrong way both times. The pin where he was was not supposed to fall the way he did was clunky. Kind of flabby, too. Yeah, you know, hey, he caught some shit. If we're breaking kayfabe here for a second, he caught some shit playing a concert at Sturgis uh, with Fozzie. Maybe he wasn't, you know, tip top shape for this big match. And as a veteran, it makes sense to a certain extent, right? Like, hey, I did WrestleMania in front of, you know, 75,000 people. Like, I'll be fine. But this is a different spot when you're still trying to gather eyes and keep them on your product product. And I'm not saying Jericho didn't take this seriously, but it didn't look like he took it seriously. Yeah. Uh, I do like that. That jacket is getting more orange every time we see it. Oh yeah. That's a nice touch. (laughs) It is getting more orange every time we see it. And that's so good. It's going to be fully orange by the time we're done with this. Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, and then great. it won't. Then he'll get mad at someone who throws bleach on it. Why'd you turn this white? Yeah, you know, right. like, then he'll go the other way. He, that's what Jericho's a master of at this day and age is those little details. Every little thing is something just, you know, just, well, you're like, ah, Jericho. But this match, you know, uh, you know, eh, what are we going to do? Right. Um, you know, like I said, not all of them are home runs. Hopefully, you know, sometime he, maybe he had a bad night of sleep or something, right? Ooh, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, and I don't think this was a, a disservice at all to the Orange Cassidy character. I thought this was really good to see that he wasn't just the like he's starting to form out or, or, or formula or give a formula to what his character is. It's not just hands in the pocket, right? Like we're starting to see a cool Superman punch. We're starting to see uh, some cool dives at him. Like now he's someone I actually want to see wrestle more so than just the manager of the best friends. So right. I, I like that, uh, that this match established, he can beat some of the best in the world. Uh, I did miss one thing and I don't want to disrespect it at all. So I, I will mention it before we move on. Uh, but the champ, the women's champ, Sheeta took on Heather Monroe. Uh, Sheeta picked up a win in a very, very quick match. Uh, again, the women in a W I think they got some, some people there that they can get behind but when you're not that you're wasting, right? I, I don't think I would take any segment out of this show, but when you only have two hours, 
I don't think you need to see the young bucks twice mm. when you're only seeing the women once. You know what I mean? There is that, and I feel yeah. like I'm, yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of picking on the young bucks a little bit, but in this specific example of an episode, if the young bucks were going to do the segment with uh rock and roll express brain busters and FTR, then I don't think you really needed them to open up the show taking on the dark order. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, I know it was tag team appreciation night, much like it's table nation appreciation night here on the Obviously. Spanish announce table. Uh, Obviously, but I want well, to, I want to go to real quick to the uh, Twitter machine. Uh, we'll yeah, dial, let's do it. I want the Twitter machine. Uh, heavy set three, three, zero says, I really hope, uh, cause I'm glad you brought this topic up. says, I really hope AEW works on woman's wrestling, women's wrestling appreciation night. That would be cool. Hashtag tweet the table. You too can uh, have maybe perhaps possibly your tweet read on the show. Uh, you and the table nation, if you use hashtag tweet the table, but, uh, I don't know that it would be cool, um, because of what you were alluding to earlier here. I, I don't know that they've got a good handle on what they could do and how they could use some of these, uh, these workers. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got talent, right? Nyla Rose is awesome. I know uh, she's hurt, but man, each and every week, Britt Baker is doing something that I want to watch. And I think when she gets back in the ring, it's going to be another person that I want to watch. Yeah, Sheeta, yeah. again, is your is your great babyface champion who can be built a division around. Um, Penelope Ford, I still think is awesome. I, I think they have players. Mm-hmm. It's just we need to flush out some ideas for him instead of just saying, Hey, Penelope before uh, she does the splits. You guys seen that? Let's watch her do the splits again before her match. It's like, yeah, man. But like, what, what is she doing? Like, what is she doing? You know? Right. And <laughs> even what to you said, like what you had mentioned about it was tag team appreciation night. As I've said multiple times on the podcast, like they have plenty of tag teams that the young bucks didn't need to be there. Yeah. Right. You could have put SCU there. Well, yeah, we know you guys appreciate the tag teams. You've got 75 of yeah, them. Yeah, you got 700 of them. Yeah. You know, the the Lucha Bros could have been there. Like, you could have had the high-flying spots not done by the Young Bucks. Um, but, again, I just wouldn't have had that match. Had I would have had the, the women. Right, but I would have had the women. Uh, I would have had the women kick off the show. I know it was Tag Team Appreciation Night, but that's the way well, you show it's It's some, Tag Team Appreciation Night. Stock. You're doing a women's tag team tournament oh yeah and we don't Mm -hmm. see any of it yeah now uh next saturday because again the nba has pushed uh aw off of next wednesday national bubble association exactly the bubble 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 butt bubble 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 butt that's what i was thinking when i hear bubble anyhow um who's ready for some bubble ball Wasn't there a Bubble Boy movie, Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was a Bubble Boy. I think that was like a kind of a truish story that they made a movie a long time ago when we were kids that we used to watch no, like that's a, what I was a school special. Uh, yeah. But I don't know about the a Jake Gyllenhaal version of that. Maybe. Maybe I, I just know. made that up. Who knows? Anyhow, uh, going back to what we were saying before we get uh, off track here. Um, the Bubble Saturdays, is pushing back, yeah. Yeah, on Saturday's uh, next broadcast of Dynamite, you will see the finals of that women's tag team championship match. So why wouldn't we? Have but done, again, what you should have done it now on tag, tag team, team appreciation. appreciation right. Right. Yeah, 
You could. You don't know how to do it right. See, we here on Table Nation Appreciation Night, uh, we make sure to you know actually discuss uh, the Table Nation and have them here. You know exactly right hey right. so what did you think of the the night of uh action from dynamite what would you uh assess as far as what they gave you i'd give it a good b right i was like yeah i wasn't uh it wasn't too bland but it also wasn't you know this wasn't like the oh my god you should check out aw as soon as yeah. you get home right the best compliment that i can give dynamite is that it feels too quick the two hours never feels like it drags on it feels like oh man i should have got more of this i didn't even mention because again i just had the match list uh jake the snake roberts did another promo backstage with the murder hawk lance uh, archer i didn't understand the end of it i don't either so like so he's throwing you know he's throwing fucks around in the backstage right and that's fun right keep doing that Jake's like, look, man, I, I, Jesus, right? He's doing whatever he says. And then, like, I can't remember, like, what he was telling him to say or something. He was like, I don't know. And then he, like, he turns around and rips his shirt and it says everybody dies. And Jake's Which, like, oh, okay. come on, man. Damn it. Right? Like, so now is right. Jake, like, not a willing participant in this managerial role now? Well, I, who knows? And maybe that would be interesting. But let's take a let's take a second and, and, and break or go into kayfabe here. And think about how that would have happened. So then earlier in the day, Mm -hmm. Lance would have had to write everybody dies on Jake's back. Mm -hmm. And then Jake is going to be like, well, I'll wear my shirt. And then Lance is in his mind says, well, everyone's got to see what I just wrote on Jake's back. Yeah, it was a weird move. What the fuck was that? Real weird. It just didn't make any sense. Now, if you would have. If that was the payoff, right? We want to have everybody dies be the last thing that we see out of this segment. Like spray paint would have been really hard. So maybe get like a fucking stamp and one of those shitheads that you just threw into the to the building, like stamp his back with everybody dies, right? And then that's the last thing you see is Jake the Snake Roberts stamps the 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 jobber everybody dies and then Lance and Jake laugh and then they walk away. I just like, would have had him screaming it as he was beating the shit out of somebody mercilessly. Mercis. Mercilessly. Oh, Why yeah. can't I even say that word tonight? But you get what I'm saying, right? Oh. As he's stomping this dude out. Uh, <laughs> just let him just just murdering him and just screaming everybody dies, everybody dies, everybody dies. Because then and Jake's just kind of like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like almost Someone like, needs oh, to give no, him a match. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to give him a match or more people are going to die. And then, yeah, behind him, Lance Archer could have someone mounted and just hammer fist after hammer fist after hammer fist mm-hmm. going right into the back of the skull just, of this yeah. guy's. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets a little uncomfortable, um, which let's transition now out of dynamite. So that was dynamite. It was uh, I liked it for what it was. Like I said, the biggest compliment I can give a show is that it went by too quick. I really enjoyed, uh, watching the show. It wasn't anything, you know, remarkable. I don't know if I'll remember anything, uh, for, you know, a year from now from this episode, but it was still really good. And that's a compliment to them. But, uh, another thing that was uncomfortable from the week of wrestling, as we go into, uh, WWE is, uh, Dominic, mm-hmm. huh? My God, did Seth Rollins and uh, what's his ass? Uh, what is his name? Buddy now. Or no, it's Murphy. Which one is it? 
It's Murphy. It's Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Whatever one. Murphy. God, they're both. It's two Soon first names. Murph. You don't trust someone. Yeah, Murph. It'll be M. Disciple M. Yeah. Uh, good God. I think that I just wrote that. They're probably yep. listening. Mm. They're going to do the fuck. Anyhow. Yeah, it'll but, make them uh, just like reduce their name to just Disciple M, mm. Disciple whatever, whomever's next, right? Dominic's next. Well, because they'll. Right. And then they'll just take the idea from uh the the dark order and say you're just number seven number eight doesn't join this group they're doing it wrong yeah that's what i hope but this segment in particular it was murphy and seth rollins beat the shit out of them out of him ah yeah credit to him for taking it it was bad though it was so bad um yeah well for as i yeah, for as a- iconic as the Tommy Dreamer kendo stick was from Sandman, Dominic took it on his chest, stomach, back, and lower back. Like, he, he took it way more than what Tommy Dreamer ever did. But anyhow. So while we're on the kendo sticks, then, does the pro wrestling industry single-handedly fund the kendo stick industry? Like, what the fuck is a kendo stick used for outside of pro? I've never, like, what is it? It's a martial arts, you know, gimmick weapon that people think works. But, you know, I would not be shocked if we looked at the financials of one of these kendo stick companies uh, yeah. and it was number one, number one uh, buyer, WWE. Because that's the only like, place I've ever seen one. I, they've always been around and they've never been explained. As to, and then, like, you never see somebody backstage, like, practicing with the kendo stick. Like, just they show up and they're like, oh, he's got a kendo stick. That's normal. And they just beat the shit out well, of somebody. Hold on. There was one man that practiced with the kendo stick. Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman did. Tr- yeah, that's right. Yeah. He did. Steve yes, Blackman. Right. Maybe he's the one. He, maybe he's the owner of this kendo stick company. Right. Well, he that's should be their sponsor. At- right? Or Well, they should sponsor him if nothing else. Yeah, he should be their spokesperson. You know what got me through the toughest times in my life? Kendo sticks. <laughs> you know what helps me? When I'm quarantined because of COVID, kendo sticks. <laughs> like he just does all these little commercials about how great a kendo stick is. Yes. Uh, yeah. To your point, when you you told me this uh, off air, you're like, "Who the fuck has a kendo stick?" Yeah, and I was like, "Honest it? to God, I don't know. I don't no. know anyone who personally Albeit, owns a kendo stick." My wife and I one time. One of the times we were you know shopping for a house, and one of the times we moved right. We were going through, and there was some, like, in somebody's room, there was a kendo stick. It was like some kid's room right now. I was just like, hey, it's a kendo stick. Look at that. <laughs> it's like, this kid's cool. <laughs> yeah, but why why a kendo stick? I don't know. The only reason I gave you, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, hashtag tweet the table if you know the origin story. But from what my m- memory serves me is that during the time of the Tommy Dreamer uh, Sandman feud, news national news was made from I believe a kid in Thailand was kendo stick to death, you know, was murdered via kendo stick. And it was just how brutal. Oh my God. Could you imagine going through that as the end of your life? Yada, 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 all that stuff, not to minimize it, but that's what, you know, I'm just generalizing what they said. And then Sandman brought introduced the kendo stick to Tommy dreamer. And then off to the races we go. That's what I think it is. But in 2020, yeah, they must be the only people buying it because I've never seen anyone in the real life besides whoever you bought that house from have a kendo I wanna stick. Like, yeah, just start asking people if they've ever heard of a kendo stick. Like people at your work. You ever heard yeah. of a kendo stick? 
Mm-hmm. Just ask. Oh, is that like a is that like a different type of chopstick that you use for like when you go out to dinner? Anybody listening out there in the Table Nation, uh, you guys should ask folks at your work, random people, if they know what a kendo stick is. Videotape their answers and uh, send it. Yes, on over that's a to great us. idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that idea because mm-hmm. I, I want to know what their answers are. Right? right, if they don't know what a kendo stick is, it a candle? It sounds like a candle. Hey, I got you these new Kindo sticks. Dog treat. They smell amazing. Yeah. Who wants a Kindo yeah. stick? Who wants a Kindo stick? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. um, hey, you know what else is going on? Somebody's getting some retribution. That's a big thing going on in the WWE. What? What's the deal here? Oh, well, I don't know, but these guys are fucking dorks. So, like, at, uh, back to the Twitter machine here, right? We're going to dial that up, the Twitter machine. Beep, pop, pop, whatever, right? Uh, at Katie First Lady says, new faction attacks again. Any ideas on the identities? Seems like three guys and two girls. Hashtag tweet the table. Um, I saw somebody online uh, posted that uh, they saw somebody post, you know, just through the, the online yeah. wheel here. Oh, yeah. Uh, that somebody called them aces and five eights. And, uh, <laughs> and then that, eh, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm worried that this doesn't go anywhere. But, you know, NXT, you know, take over. Well, th- yeah, this is this is the disappointing part of retribution t- for, for me is it finally is cool, right? There's a new faction that's going to take over both Raw and SmackDown. They don't care. Everyone is, you know, up for grabs. We'll kick anyone's ass, right? They're, they're chasing off cameramen. Okay. Kind of cool, right? But you... This this group looks so third grade elementary mm-hmm. when you have Randy Orton doing a low blow and a kick to the head to Ric Flair, right? When Seth Rollins and Murphy is just beating the dog shit out of Dominic, it just doesn't look as cool when you're not even matching that level. Like they're already in WWE, so we don't need anything else. That one segment where one guy half-ass tossed a cinder block through a window and they kind of just all jumped up and down saying yay yay it was like what the fuck is this yeah is this like mcmahon wanted to like do something like let's make an antifa like i don't know that wouldn't shock me right they they probably got the backlash internally on bringing back the nation so what can we do that's another thing antifa that wouldn't shock you know what tim you probably booked it that's probably what they're gonna go for is something that way uh but they just look so silly you can tell these are people just being coached on what to do and nothing looks authentic like when the shield came in they had a swagger and a believability that they were gonna fuck you up this group i feel like they might you know shoot themselves in the leg trying to grab their gun uh, to intimidate me, you know, like they just, they're just not it already. I just don't like them, yeah, but it, they're early. it's early. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I'm not sold on it so far. Um, you did mention the, uh, uh, Randy Orton. They, they ended the Ric Flair thing pretty quick, which I, I liked it. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's it, it served its course, right? It was good. It shows that Randy Orton is a sadistic evil person. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. That makes me happy because, he should be a solo act. You can't have, you know, I have voices in my head 
and then but my pal over here, we're cool. Like, yeah, unless <laughs> that like, make the only way you do that is because somebody's manipulating him with his voices right. in his head. But Ric Flair's not to that level at this day and age to pull that off. So. But man, was his promo awesome. God, it, it's so incredible that it, still in 2020, the best promo of the week, even though MJF did exactly what he should, it was a different vibe. But Ric Flair talking about how he is Charlotte's dad and he wants to see Randy Orton beat his record, not John Cena's record, his mm-hmm. record. And just nice the touch. passion and and believability, like fuck, man, he's still like. Well, he's always gotten it, right? But how has no one else since then? Like the the two best promos going today is Ric Flair and Chris Jericho. How is it that like no one else is like MJF again is taking some great strides? But it's a, it's a different type of promo that you know my heart. Uh, believability. Yeah, that's a heel promo, like designed to get everybody to boom. Like these were like make the moment happen, right? Yeah, and so uh, it was just incredible. And Randy Orton again, he he does a great promo too when he cares. Uh, it's just I think the biggest knock on his career is when he does a best of seven series with Sheamus in the second match of the night. He's kind of phoning it in, but when he's the main event and something he likes, Seth Rollins, this now he's hitting home runs. So. Yeah. Um, let's see what else happened on all this here. Um, uh, are we weaving in and out of NXT? Keith Lee got blinded. They like to blind people. Yeah, they hate eyes. Hashtag 2020, we hate your eyes. That's what WWE's motto is. Um, I thought it was cool, right? Like, it was definitely way better than when uh, Hogan and Ultimate Warrior did it in WCW. <laughs> yeah, well, and I like an <laughs> you know? impromptu contract signing, right? Like, it wasn't yeah. like the... We're going to set up this table and chairs, and then somebody's going to flip the table. So they still got their violence at a contract signing, but it was him coming up being like, hey, don't be a pussy. Sign this. And then he's like, I'm not a pussy. here. Sign it. Ah, guess what? Look, ah, I got you. Right? Like, yeah. Not yeah, bad. And, uh, my, I, I liked it. And what I also liked from the segment is that uh, Mia Yim doing double duty, right? So she's calming Keith Lee. Keith Lee, you know, burned in the, excuse me, burned in the face, uh, having to be sent to the hospital. She goes with him. Obviously that's her, I believe husband or mm-hmm. boyfriend, one of the two, Something. you know, she's, yeah, she's having to tend to him, keep him calm. Cause you know, he's this big muscular man that can beat the shit out of anyone on the face of the earth. Right. So we got to keep him calm there. Uh, obviously tend to his injuries, but then she's got to get back. Cause she has a match that same night, get back, compete, Win, win and then go back to the hospital like i thought mia yim really looked great in this to show like how she's a you know uh day one ish as the usos would say mm-hmm. uh for keith lee like i thought she really shined in this whole segment yeah um it was good i liked it and uh you know it's a good build up so i'm surprised they're going early with this but it just makes me think they're definitely not you know like lee's just gonna win that feud right because it's too early right yeah there's feud. some yeah, well, but it does give like man, he can't get one foot in front of himself. Maybe Caden Cross or Karrion Cross does pick up this victory. Not yeah, unless this, I don't ma- think that maybe happen. they could be just ready to take Keith Lee up to a main roster, right? Especially but I'm saying the COVID. story. Yeah, but the story is good, right? The story yes. is showing oh, yeah, that like absolutely. the champion yeah, can't can't um, get a step. And then um, let's see what else. Uh, uh, so uh, SmackDown. Uh, the only thing I really oh, remember well, from Braun and Bray. 
What? Right, but before that one thing, I, I also wanted to get your feedback on. Uh, in the main event of NXT, we saw the return of Velveteen mm. Dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, now, he was a little bit different, right? Like, he came out posing and all that, but at the end, he's beating the tar out of Kushida. Mm. Uh, he gets a stare down with Finn Balor uh, because it looks like um, Dexter Loomis is injured, so they got to fill that spot again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, Velveteen Dream seemed a little bit more heelish towards the end or middle of the, and end of the night. So what did you think of uh, him coming back, given all of his, you know, circumstances outside of the ring? I like uh, him being back. Um, I like him. But I again, if he's not going to do something too different, I didn't notice you were gone, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of come back and do something a little, you know, a little more like, boom, remember me? Be like, oh, snap. Well, and that's where I thought he was going to win the match because he was the surprise entrant. And even throughout the match, it looked like Kushida was really the star of the match, in my opinion. And then Cameron Grimes picks up the victory. Now, we do get a match next week of Finn Balor, Velveteen Dream. That's going to be pretty cool. But yeah, it was kind of a, a, of a dud of a return, right? The surprise of Velveteen Dream who loses this match. Uh, <laughs> like That's silly. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, they... Did more promo work for the Cole versus McAfee match. So what are your thoughts here? Pat McAfee is going to wrestle. Yeah, cool. Right? Like, I know what they're doing. This is the NXT version of having, you know, Lawrence Taylor, Mike Tyson, whatever, come in. And he has a big platform. I don't hate him as much as others do. I I, I see some people on, on Twitter and other platforms just hating the idea that Pat McAfee's in here. Look, it's pro wrestling. We've been doing this for years. And right? it's COVID. Uh, for, yeah. Well, and for everyone that hates Pat McAfee wrestling uh, in WWE, loved when Stephen Amell and Cody teamed up, right? So it's like, and I don't even know who Stephen Amell is, and they probably don't know who Pat McAfee is, but both of them have a big platform. Um, and so I get it. Uh it seems, though, to me that Adam Cole's going uh, babyface, baby, and I'm interested in that because I think he could be a good babyface as well. It does. It does. Like, I, he kind of almost is there at the moment. That's mm-hmm. the way they're booking this yeah. match. McAfee's kind of the, the piss ant that nobody likes out of this. So Right. Maybe. Um, one more thing to, uh, before we get to a, the probably the biggest thing we want to talk about with WWE, but on the SmackDown side. Uh, you mentioned this. There's no faces, so now Bronze the evil monster. Is that a, you know? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it just feels like a dark cloud throughout the entire division of SmackDown. Because, go ahead. Well, eh. yeah, I don't know if you caught when Braun was doing his speech. He said, "I, I don't care about Alexa. I never cared about Alexa. I don't, uh, you know what I mean? That was yeah. A, and so it was a little like, wait a minute, what?" Right. And that's what I'm getting at. It was where, so now Braun is, as he said, the most evil son of a bitch of all time, or I'm paraphrasing at the Mm. end, but whatever he said, you obviously have Bray Wyatt as a fucking sadistic psychopath. Then you go to the women's division and it's Sasha and Bailey and they don't give a fuck about anyone. And then you move down the card, right? Well, then you move down the card on SmackDown and it's Baron Corbin and Sheamus just running roughshod over one over everybody. Then you even go down to like Shorty Jean, like, well, that's our guy. Nope, he turned heel because he doesn't give a shit about people. So it's like, are we only resting our hopes in the SmackDown universe on Pothead Matt Riddle? Like, is that it? AJ yep. Styles, he's heel as well. It's like Pothead Matt Riddle is our only hope to see 
some type of good happen in this world. Like everyone else, Jeff Hardy, you well. know, he, he, well, you know, Jeff Hardy's great, but apparently just don't get him in a bar because that's his kryptonite. So it's like, who can we trust to save the day? Cause no one wants to on SmackDown and it just, okay, but where's my, where's my hero? I want to see a hero. This can't just be villains versus villains. No one wants to see that. This isn't an episode of Ozarks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, I don't, that, I don't think that has an S on the end, but I, th- I, I get <laughs> is it Ozarks? I think it's Ozark. It's Ozark. I think. Oh, uh, did I do like a Walmart's? Yeah, right. Like yeah, a, I did an old man Walmart's. Illinois. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Illinois. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we've hit on everything except for Raw Underground. Moved on long another week. What are your thoughts? Hey, man, I like it. Now, there's some elements that we can definitely still add on to, right? I think I'd like to see if there was some side betting. You know, if you saw MVP and Paul Heyman betting on the Babatunde fight, like you could see or that. how about this? Like you see, we come to find out, for whatever reason, MVP bet against Shelton Benjamin. And he's like, what the fuck? Right? Like, I mean, right. That fuck, causes but, dissension. Right. Yeah. That causes dissension. Uh, one thing that hasn't yet yet makes sense to me is I understand what we're, what we're trying to do. We're trying to establish that this is, you know, more than a wrestling match. It's a fight. Okay, cool. But so far it's just been squashes. Like I haven't seen anyone get hit and then overcome. It's just been, if you get the first punch in this exchange, now you've won. Like, no one else has done anything. Three girls, didn't she? Yeah. You know, now that was cool, right? Shayna being the first female that we see in Raw Underground, which, again, uh, I like that, right? We're showing both men and women here. Well, no one wanted to challenge her, right? She had to go pick a fight with someone. Yeah, because who would? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't right. fucking want to fight Shayna Baszler. That's a legit badass. Yeah. Uh, Baba Tunde uh, with his dick grab. Daba Kato. Oh, whatever. Whatever. It's it's Baba Tunde to me. <laughs> oh, I know his indie name. No, I don't. Dude, but you he, know what seriously, I'm saying? Yeah, he dick grabbed that guy. And for a long uh, time. And they were like, no, I'm not. Just <laughs> let it happen. Just this is what we have. <laughs> Which is a great, like, you know, it's an eye-catching moment. It was memorable, right? Like, that was one of the most memorable moments of pro wrestling. Uh, and I, I like that it establishes Raw Underground as a, like, I don't care. You grab him by the dick. Like, that's what we right, do down yeah. here. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I, I, one thing if you noticed on week Kansas two, City no more dancing punt. girls. We're going to get a yeah. Kansas City cunt punt on Raw Underground. I like, that's how you take out Shayna Baszler. For the women <laughs> listening, that's how you do it. Uh, but if you notice the second week, we didn't get the, the dancing girls ah, we got sure. rid of the dancing. They probably girls. got bad feedback on that. Oh, oh no. Women enjoying their uh, dancing moves. I don't like that. Oh, 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 oh. oh no. Oh, goodness. This makes me feel uncomfortable. I better, better make them stop. Mm. <laughs> Fucking oh, so called underground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> underground. But yeah, I, I like what they're doing. Again, Shane, he's already breaking a sweat and he hasn't even fought. Like he's the sweatiest guy there. The cocaine and sweat. He hasn't done it. It is. But then have him do cocaine. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's what the underground is. We see is that on TV. Crazy we see here. that on primetime TV everywhere. People do drugs. Like we see them simulate doing drugs on a TV show. Right? Am I wrong about that? Just have his head pop up. 
just ha- you don't even have to have him do like the nose yeah just have him, uh, like do gesture this a lot, right just have him like thumb his nose a lot right or or just right when we start raw underground his head is down and it pops up hey, yeah, hey you know like hey. We, we know what that means <laughs> right yeah hey <laughs> do that <laughs> something real quick so oh, hey hey guys what's up right yeah it, it's time for it raw underground be, you guys ready yeah it needs to be grittier Right, mm-hmm. I, I want some more. I want some more down in the gutter kind of single bullshit camera. happening. They got to go to single camera, man. Maybe two because it's TV, but like the 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 standard in ring. I'm over here now. I'm over oh, here now. I'm the over worst. here now. I'm over here. Stop it. It's got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Because do, even if I'm standing one, in that place, I don't watch a fight like that. Like a singular point of view. Right. Yeah. Do I? What I would do is have one camera guy go from left to right, right? Like he's going on the left side. If the action moves on the opposite side, he's moving over there. And then maybe not like a bird's eye camera, but like a security camera that shows in black and white up top of, yep. uh, you know, the whole area. Those remember, are the, my only two shots that I remember when TNA used to do that uh, backstage cam where they acted like they were spying on the folks and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it should be that kind of like just like that. Right. And that's what I'm saying. That would be my first camera. And then for anything that he doesn't catch, I have a, a, a an eye right in the, over the sky. top of that, what, of that platform. Right. And that's what it is. That's my only two shots. But I'm not zooming in, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out. Fuck that. It's stupid. That's the worst part of it. Yep. It's so pretty. Yeah, you can't. It's not underground. It's not underground. But it... it but it but it has some legs. Like I'm I like it. I'm I'm okay with, you know, another week. I'm yeah, I'm again, looking forward I to just, another week. At some point they have to mix in and out storylines, right? Well, and that's what I thought undercut the second week is we ended the first week as the hurt businesses took over and then the second week they're not even there. Yeah, they're not there. They're in a they're in a US title match that they just lose. Took the week off. I guess, right? Like that's what And you know, one one thing that I think they can get away with if is maybe get rid of the word raw underground, just call it the underground, and then we can start moving in some SmackDown people, and then we can start moving some NXT people. Just call it WWE not, underground. They can start a whole new yeah. brand off of this. Well, but what I'm saying is you can have it on Raw cuz obviously Raw is the longest show, so you need that yes. content. But but if you do an underground fight, it means nothing in the grand scheme of things, right? So Velveteen Dream can have a right. fist fight. Brains with, don't matter. Right, it's that's what I'm saying. So Vel, yeah, so Velveteen Dream can come from NXT and have a fist fight with Bobby Roode, who's on SmackDown, and then that's that's it. There's nothing next week of like a follow up. Like they just had a fight. It was they they wanted to make some money. Bobby now Roode. I forgot so that guy existed. Right. And so did I, but there's a name that came in my brain. Um, but I do agree that there needs to be storylines, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot. As I've said once before, uh, with the hurt business taking over second week, they're not here. What? Why? Well, they took over. Why they didn't closed they, down the business you know, for two weeks because there was a COVID test. found. <laughs> COVID, something. Positive right? like, COVID results. Yeah. So, uh, again, I like Raw Underground. Uh, get a little bit more dirty. Be a little bit more in the gutter. Let's have some more antics outside of that ring. Some side betting, some arguments, right? Like that's how it can start. It just doesn't be I jump in the ring. It could be, hey, I was watching this fight and you stood in front of me. Now I'm going to kick your ass. You know, back in the day, Whiskey Tango, you know, there'd be 12 fights, but by the end of Whiskey Tango, 
fight nights, there'd be 15 because two of the fights came from the crowd. They went backstage to put on gloves and then they fought each other in the cage. Like that's actually happened. Uh, you had me, uh, do some announcing at a, a the what was it rock and rage that you had where rock and rage yeah and and, sh- and music and a fight busted out in the crowd and I literally had, I was like hey who won that last one was that a I was like yeah. was that a ref's decision or was <laughs> it's like what was yeah that? <laughs> yeah that's what raw underground needs to be a little mm-hmm. bit more of right like so for people who don't know we did a, a event called rock and rage what we did is uh, if you remember the band from the two thousands shine down. Uh, we had, sh- or no, it was, yeah, it was shine down. Yeah, it was shine down. They did three songs. Then we did three fights. Then they did three more songs. Then we did three more fights. And then we did, uh, a tournament final fight. Cause it was a one night tournament of a one weight division, uh, very similar to like early UFCs. And then we had the band close out the night, but yeah, at, if you're not going to have the dancing girls, have some music, right? Have a band in there. Right. Why How much is Triple H thrashing away in there, or even What's some hardcore rapping ba- going on in there? Something, yeah. But what was that one band that NXT is using all the time with that girl lead singer? I can't remember her name. Hashtag tweet the table if you do. But yeah. use her band, right? Have her right. there, and that can be your music under underlying the fights. Like I like that idea. You can get the three man band. Up with it. Hey, yeah, Heath, come back. <laughs> All right, man. Well, what, anything else to wrap up a bow on episode 295, Table Nation Appreciation Night? I think that that's that's where it needs to end. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Table Nation Appreciation. The Spanish Announce Table.